Hey, 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 how's it going out there, my mushroom lovers? Oliver Carlin here, and I'm the Mushroom Man. Today, I want to talk to you about morel mushroom hunting tips, the foraging secrets you need to know. So the big question is this, with over 10,000 different species of mushrooms, how do people that want to benefit from their various medicinal properties accurately identify them in the wild, grow them at home, or make them taste delicious without having to read confusing medical reports and possibly eating a poisonous lookalike by mistake? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Oliver Carlin, and welcome to Curative Mushrooms. You know, the other day I was I was talking to my dad about the morel mushrooms, and you know, when I first seen the word morel, I actually thought of more. I thought it was called a moral. <laughs> I guess that's how you pronounce it, but it's typically pronounced morel. Anyway, I was talking to my dad about them, and um, he lives in Missouri in kind of, you know, a small town. And he was saying that morels are really popular out there to hunt. However, the, the people that he knows that hunt the morels, they won't even let you near it. Their, pat, their secret stash of, or their secret patch that grows. And it's almost like a family secret that if you're not a member of the family, it's like strictly prohibited that you do not bring outsiders in to see this secret stash of morel mushrooms. So I thought, wow, that is really interesting, you know. Um, but what what if you don't have a secret stash, you know? What if, what if uh, you know, you don't have access to something like that? How are you supposed to find them? And, you know, uh, so anyway, the morels, so it's hard to find. Well, I don't know how to find them, right, at this if, if I don't have a secret stash, I'm not sure where you would go to find them. And, you know, have, if you've ever seen them around, one thing that I thought was interesting, too, about them is the the brain. It, I mean, it almost looks like this, the cap is like a brain-looking, sponge-looking thing that sits on it. I would have never thought that it was like a choice mushroom that you would even want to eat. And that's what people – people typically want two things. You know, they're either going to eat them um, or they're going to sell them typically when it comes to mushrooms. And those are the main things, but it's definitely a choice mushroom that people want to eat, right? So if we do want to go hunt for this weird looking choice mushroom and we don't have access to a secret stash, you know, where are we going to find them? What time of the year do they even grow? Um, are there different types? Are they, are, are there poisonous lookalikes? Um, how do we even cook them to cook this weird looking mushroom? And I mean, do they grow near me? Do I have to travel somewhere? And what's the reason? I, I mean, are they healthy? Have they got some special health benefits? And so I, um, you know, it, those are kind of the questions I was trying to figure out. And I mean, if we could figure out a way to find them, I mean, it'd be fun to go on a hike and look for them. You know, I, I always say hunting for mushrooms is like hiking with benefits. It gives you or your hike a purpose to go out there and do something. And it can become profitable. You can make some money on the side. You know, um, maybe take your family on extra vacation. It's also like going to the grocery store. If they are having health benefits and stuff that you can take in and 
almost make a worthwhile trip into like almost like a, a trip to the grocery store, if you will. It's good exercise. I mean, heck, we go out and, you know, and lose, um, burn a few extra calories during the day and maybe in a couple months lose a pant size or two. That'd be nice. And heck, you know, morel mushrooms, honey and morel mushrooms is like one of the most popular things to do but um, during their season of the year. And you, you can go out and meet a lot of new people that um, have common interests, you know. So I decided, well, you know what, I think let's go out and figure out what are some of the best foraging secrets that um, we can find from people that are experienced in hunting the morel mushrooms. And let's see um, see what, what tips we can get out of it. So I went online, you know, did some research trying to find some some information about this, looking at a bunch of articles and... You know, it took a little while, but eventually we I think I've compiled a pretty good list. I feel like um, what we've got here can really equip some people with everything they would need to know to be able to go from a beginner to going out looking like an expert with this. So what I found was, you know, there's 80 different species of the Marcella clade. Now, the Marcella clade is the morel, um, Latin name for the morels, right? Scientific name for the morels. So... I also seen that they are associated with certain kinds of trees. So if you really want to find the morels out in the wild, it'd be very beneficial for you to learn to identify certain types of trees because um, the morels, they don't actually grow on trees. They grow, they grow in symbiosis with the root system of trees. So they actually come out of the soil, but they're mycelium interacts with the root system. So you won't see them actually on the trees. You'll see them kind of out coming from the soil around specific types of trees. And the main trees are the American elm, the tulip tree or the yellow poplar tree, apple trees, black cherry, oak, hickory, cedar, beech, ash, cottonwoods. I mean, there's really a huge list. That's the cool thing about the morel is you can find them almost, seems like on almost any type of tree. Um, now, because the morel season is between March and I think April, <clears throat> May, March, March to May. Since how, since how the season between is between March and May, if you go out in March and you start looking for your spots to find morels, a lot of the trees aren't going to have leaves yet. And one of the easiest way to identify a tree is by its leaves. So what you might do is look at the dead leaves on the ground and use those as a reference if they don't have any green leaves on them yet. And, um, but you can also learn to identify the different type of bark, like a beechwood has got like a smooth bark. So if you learn to identify that as well, that can help. Also, um, certain type of plants they grow in, um, around they're associated with like umbrella plants, may apples, trilliums, and others like that. Now, another thing that's important to understand is the temperature range. Because I'm telling you March to May, but the temperature has to be right. So it has to be between 50 and 75 degrees, right? But they'll typically stop growing after it gets above 60 degrees. So you want it a little bit cooler out. And they typically grow from anywhere from 2 inches to 10 inches. So keep that in mind if you're, if you're picking them, 
how tall they are because that gives you an idea if you might want to come back and leave it there, let it grow a little more. But 10 inches is huge. <laughs> That's like the world record. So I would say two to four inches, you, you got a pretty good size one. Um, they usually grow in the same places every year. And keep in mind that the way spores work in the mushrooms. So if you find one, there's typically going to be more scattered around. So look in that same area because that's how the spore disperses and you'll find them in the same area. Um, they, do, they do have health benefits, um, immune boosting, as well as heart, bone, and liver health. Um, I've got more info on these different clinical studies that show these health benefits if you check out my article I've written at curatedmushrooms.com. Now, one cool thing, too, is the Great Morel actually has an interactive map that I think is just absolutely awesome. It's interactive. You can zoom in on it to your specific area, and it shows live, up-to-date sightings of mushrooms that people have submitted in of morels. So it'd be a good way for you to just check that map and see if anyone spotted any morels. It's almost like cheating, like people are giving away their secret stashes. So definitely, if you're going to go hunting morels, go to the Great Morel, check out their interactive map. Now, when it comes to the types of morels we're looking at, there's basically, like we said, there's 80, but the three main ones fall into these three categories. we got the black morel, which Marcella Lotta, got the yellow morels, the Marcella Escalanta, and then the half-free morels, the Marcella Semilibera. Now, there are other species similar to these, but these are the main ones that you're going to go. So the black morels are typically the first to sprout. You're going to start seeing the blacks in mid-March, then followed by the yellow morels from April to early May, and then the half freeze, you'll kind of find them all season long, just popping up. Now the black morels, um, they have that brainy looking sponge thing with a stem coming out, but it's kind of a darkish black color. The yellow has a yellow color. <laughs> so it's pretty, pretty easy to figure out. The half freeze are a little different. See the other morels, they kind of, their bottom of the cap stops and connects to the base, the stem. Now the half free morels, they kind of, the, the, it comes down and then underneath it comes back up, almost like a woman's skirt, how the skirt comes down, but then underneath it comes back up. So the half free, their cap kind of sits like a skirt, but they're all good. They're all healthy. They're all choice mushrooms. Now there are some poisonous lookalikes. So that's something to take into consideration. First one being the early false morel, which they call it the early false morel because it normally a couple weeks before the blacks pop up, you'll start seeing the early false morel. And this one is um, a verpa. Its, it's name is the verpa bohemica. Now, this one looks just like the half-free morel. It's got a skirt. However, the main difference, you'll notice all the other three morels we talked about, they're hollow on the inside. So when you break them at the base, they would make a popping sound. Or if you have a knife, cut them, look inside, and you'll see they're hollow on the inside. Now, the verpa has like a cottony type of texture on the inside. It looks like there's cotton in the middle. If you see that, you found a verpa. Some people in the world eat these without any problem. They've been eating them for years. They love them. However, other, a lot of people get gastric distress eating this one. So take at your own risk. The next one is the deadly false morel. It looks kind of like a morel. 
biggest difference when you cut this thing in the half in the in half it is completely solid so completely solid so if it's not hollow don't eat it <laughs> and this one's pretty deadly man it'll actually kill you in five to seven days so do not um mess with this one the stinkhorn is the phallus impudicus this one is um not really poisonous but i threw it in there just because it it at when it's a weird looking mushroom. It looks like the um, the uh, morel, but on the cap, it's actually covered in slime that these insects eat off. It's spore covered slime. The insects eat off and spread their spores out and around. But when that slime's gone, it gives a texture just like the brainy sponge looking texture of the morel. So I could easily see somebody mistaking the stinkhorn for a morel. Um, but when that stuff comes off, they've got a white, whitish color, and the whole texture is completely different than a meal. But and it smells horrible, but it's not actually poisonous. So just something to be aware of. I have pictures of all these things on my website. If you if you go to the article I've written at curativemushrooms.com, check out the article and you'll see all these pictures of these things. And that's pretty much all I have for the morel mushrooms. Um, with this information. You should be able to go out, find morel mushrooms near you, um, feel confident about what you're picking, the time of year, the temperature, and know where to look, where to find them, and be able to take them home and, and, and know that you have yourself a choice morel. Now, you can also sell them. People do choose to sell the mushrooms. I think they normally sell like eight bucks a pound or something like that. So if you get into this and you like doing it, it's fun. You can always make it into a profession and make money from it. But other than that, um, that's pretty much all I have. Um, again, go check out the article I've written for more details. I also have a link to the interactive map at the Great Morel. So you can check that out as well as some pictures and more details as well. So again, thank you for listening. And please be sure to subscribe because you do not want to miss out on any future podcast. We got a lot of great stuff coming and that's all I have. So I'll talk to you later. Bye. Curative Mushrooms has to post the standard FDA disclaimer. The statements made regarding medicinal mushrooms have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA approved research Creative Mushrooms is not making claims intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All information presented here is not meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from healthcare practitioners. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before consuming medicinal mushrooms. The Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act requires this notice. Thank you.